Hey, welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? In this episode, we'll take a mental stroll down the streets of rural France, learn how to incorporate the power of scent in our daily lives, and discover ways to bring French charm into our world. This is episode 50. Here we go. Well, thank you listeners for being with me today. It's just me today. Um, I also wanted to thank you for the reviews and ratings that keep streaming into Apple Podcasts. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. My goal this fall is still 100 ratings, and I think we're close to 30 at this point at the time I'm recording this episode. So probably a little more after that comes out. But yeah, just really grateful for you and your support and spreading the word through your social media or just word of mouth. It means the world to me and it helps other people find out about this show if they don't know about it and hopefully benefit and enjoy it as much as you are. So I don't know if you tuned in last week. If you didn't, I would highly recommend listening at some point this week to last week's episode, episode 49 with my friend Nadia. She is from rural France and it's so amazing. When I first met her and we were chatting, it's like we've discovered that she's from this region that I absolutely adore door. So it was really kind of amazing that we got connected because I mean, what are the odds that she is from a place that I just love so much and it's not the most like well-known place and it wasn't like Paris or something. So it was just really great to be able to chat with her and she had some amazing things to say. So continuing on from what we talked about last week with Nadia, this week I want to spend a little more time in France together. I'm sure you won't mind, will you? I want you even right now to picture that we are strolling down a quaint cobblestone street. Sun is shining, a breeze is blowing, and we have all the time in the world to stop and look in a bakery shop window, smell the fresh baguettes, and then keep strolling. We can stop at a sidewalk cafe and have an afternoon coffee together, linger, chat, look around at the beauty of the historic buildings surrounding us. And then we can keep walking leisurely to an outdoor flower market and take in the bursting colors and breathe in the heavenly scented flowers. We hear a peaceful Parisian waltz playing from a nearby store. You have to love the accordion. <laughs> okay, are you with me? Are we walking together? Are you envisioning this with me? Now, think about where you live. I'm doing that right now. Chances are your downtown is less than charming. You may or may not be able to hop on a bike and easily get around town. And you may have zero quaint flower markets nearby. For me, I have a downtown that is reasonably nice, but certainly not full of historic charm, you know, buildings that are hundreds of years old (laughs) and a rainbow variety of flowers. There are older buildings, a library, a little grocery store, and some random shops and a few restaurants. I will say we have a dynamite bakery, so props to them. (laughs) But you know, it's not Europe. It's not Paris or rural France. How can you and I make the most of where we live and bring in some of the features of France into our day-to-day life and that charm? We explored some of these last week together with Nadia, but let's continue the conversation together. First of all, when is the last time you felt inspired by your surroundings? Delighted by a smell or a food or experience? Maybe it's been a while. Maybe it was yesterday. Whatever the case, think with me about how we can make a positive change here. What is a beautiful area near you? 
Where is the nearest quaint bakery or coffee shop? Have you explored the parks and paths in your city? Do you have flowers in your garden or yard? A place you can cut or buy a fresh bouquet? Now, if the answer to a lot of these questions is no, or I don't know, good, that's okay. More reason for you to explore and begin now to find the gems all around you. The farmer's markets that often do sell flowers and always have yummy, colorful fruit and vegetables in season. The bakeries and coffee shops that fill your heart with delight and joy. The parks and paths that let you and your kids walk and breathe and enjoy nature. I hope you're getting excited. I'll share my answers to these questions with you briefly before we move forward. So as far as a beautiful area near me, yes, there are beautiful areas near me. There are plenty, in fact. Lots of farms and fields, and the ocean is close-ish to me. Parks and forests galore. Walking is great in my neighborhood. And about 10 minutes away, there's some gorgeous forest paths that wind slowly up a mountain. And when you get to the top, there are stunning views. Bakery? Check. Like I mentioned earlier, people drive from all around to come and eat at our bakery, so we're very proud of that. Farmer's market? Yes, there's one in town. It's small, but it's good. And then if you drive a few minutes, there's a larger one that has a lot more variety. And then also joining our local CSA has been amazing, as I have mentioned before. It allows us and read forces us to eat seasonally and to incorporate fresh and interesting vegetables and fruit in our meals. I have learned to love the challenge of using things like beets, fennel, and different potatoes or onions that I would not normally buy. As for flowers, yes, we have that stunning rose bush in the front yard, which has produced amazing, intoxicatingly gorgeous smelling roses. And I love cutting the hydrangeas for small bouquets and having pots of different seasonal blooms in the front and backyard. So what do these elements all have in common? The senses. Involving our senses in daily experiences is powerful. That is one of the best things about traveling and exploring you notice and take in so many different sights smells and experiences the trick is to bring some of them back home with you and integrate the delights of other places into your everyday world this is from psychology today they say scents have positive effects on mood stress reduction sleep enhancement self-confidence and physical and cognitive performance they also go on to say by becoming more aware of the way specific odors affect you personally you may be able to enhance your health and well-being super cool right and there's more an odor has no personal significance until it becomes connected to something that has meaning. With your initial encounter, you begin forming nerve connections that intertwine the smell with emotions. The capacities for both smell and emotion are rooted in the same network of brain structures, the limbic system. The olfactory center also interacts directly with the hippocampus, a brain area involved in the formation of new memories. No other senses have this kind of deep access. Isn't that amazing? I'll link that article in the show notes. Smells and fragrances are uniquely powerful. We can enhance our lives with the power of scent. Amazing, right? Whatever delights you, add it to your home or your routine, especially if you have been to places like France. Bring back a scent or create the same scent, whether through baking or a type of flower or a type of perfume in your life to rekindle those sweet memories. A blogger who adores France but resides in Colorado says this, Flowers in my home, beautiful soaps, exotic candles, Perrier with a twist of lime. Most of the things I enjoy in Paris, I can enjoy right here at home. Make your home feel luxurious. Again, your home is where your heart is. Make sure you celebrate where you wake up 
and go to sleep every night. I love this perspective for so many reasons. First of all, let's recognize that not all of you may love what I love. Like, obviously, we are all different people with unique personalities and styles, and that is what makes the world a glorious place. So here's what I'm talking about. Take an element of French culture and just try incorporating it into your daily life. They celebrate beauty and food and a luxuriously slower pace of life, especially on Sundays, so why not try that? And think with me, what is a luxury to you? My answer is probably different than yours. Is it in your home, in your beauty routine? I would say just do it. That's your not so subtle nudge (laughs) for action here. Make your home feel luxurious and let yourself ease into every day with purpose and care. Give yourself a few quiet moments at the beginning and end of each day to nourish your body and soul. You will thank me later. (laughs) Maybe host a party and get dressed up. If you enjoy fancy and fun meals or experiences, plan a dinner out with some girlfriends or a double date with your favorite couple. (laughs) The point is, sprinkle your life with items and experiences that allow you to soak in the moment breathe in beautiful scents, and see and hear pleasant things. More ideas include inspiration from The Simply Luxurious Life, which is a website and podcast by a woman named Shannon Abels. So this is a direct quote. She talks about um, how she was watching a Rick Steves (laughs) show on TV, on PBS. You know, he explores all around the world. So he was going through the countryside of France, and they were, um, he and a friend were dining out on this outdoor terrace. And he basically says, you know, why not live well each and every day? Why not use the nice china in the middle of the week? Why not treat ourselves regularly to dinner or lunch with a dear friend at a restaurant that piques our interest or tantalizes our taste buds? Why not sleep on silk pillowcases each night? She goes on to say, many may quickly scoff at such ideas as being too indulgent, thus deflating the exhilaration that is felt when they are only experiences from time to time. But what I hope to bring to your attention today is that with patience and careful planning, everyday life can indeed be lived luxuriously and can actually enhance the quality of our lives. Some of her other practical suggestions include cooking fresh from home, planning a cafe outing once or twice a week, wearing clothes that suit you and fit your style, having a signature scent. I am all about this. Um, The Madame Chic books that I always rave about are talk about some of these similar things, lessons she learned from her time in Paris. Invest in high quality skincare products. Move every day, build in exercise that you enjoy, natural movement, and follow your own schedule. Again, that easing into the day with special rituals and things that help you feel relaxed and at peace. As I've shared before, mine include early rising, coffee, prayer, a soft blanket, a glowing candle, and listening to a podcast, usually a sermon or something with my husband. It's so good. And one more sweet idea from Mind Body Green Lifestyle said, feeling good is as important as looking good. Long baths, facials, massages, any type of treatment for the body are not luxuries. They're essentials, no matter how busy your life is. And that was a direct quote from a French wellness expert on 13 ways French women treat themselves right. So I kind of love that from that Mind Body Green article. Okay, so let's sum up these tips into a nice little list for you. Tips and a takeaway from everything we've been talking about. The first tip is to explore your town and the surrounding areas. Maybe even make a small bucket list of sorts. Is there a historic site or a building or a place you've never seen? A cool waterfall, a national park? A lake, river, ocean, or beach, gardens, museum, concert hall, farms, outdoor markets. Find out and start exploring each week a little bit. The second tip for you is to indulge your senses every day. And that includes, again, scent, sights, design, taste, and beauty. The third tip is to incorporate some meaningful, luxurious experiences into your daily routines. 
Now, morning and evening are the most logical times of day to do this, but you could also add a a walk in the middle of the day or a fresh spritz of your favorite perfume after lunch or something for a pick-me-up or play French music while you chop vegetables for dinner. Anything like that to kind of bring some of that quaint charm from French culture would be so fun to try. The last tip for you is to embrace a slower pace. Even as simple as something like chewing our food more slowly and carefully, the French love to linger at meals and they treat them like a wonderful, important, special event. You could also take your time at night washing your face, using a new face mask or scrub. Keep white space in your day so that you can put your feet up for a little bit, for a few moments, read a good magazine, or close your eyes while your kids are napping. Slow down with your schedule and your life. As my friend Joy Dombrow said, maybe take one thing off your plate. Pay attention, as I've said many times before, to how you are feeling and how your kids are doing. And if there's extra stress and tension, evaluate your schedule. You may be cramming too much into your day. So I hope these tips are helpful for you. And I wanted to go ahead and transition to our next segment, which is my favorite things. And of course, since we're talking France and all things French, um, one of my current favorite things has been for the last year or two is listening to French Cafe Radio on Pandora. I may have mentioned it before. It whisks me away magically to France and I feel sophisticated as I sip my morning coffee, even if it is reheated for the fourth time, right? The accordion tunes and the waltzes and the sultry French language just make me smile and enjoy my mornings so much more. As I mentioned earlier, I also love incorporating flowers in our home and our front porch in cute pots of various sizes and colors like I saw in France. I would still like to add a few more actually. Still working on my collection. (laughs) And lastly, I love visiting two different French cafes that are in a nearby city. I recently met a dear friend Um, slash family member (laughs) at one of them and we chatted and laughed and sipped our lattes together it was magical so moving to our last two segments we've got a listener question and this is something that came up on social media so I asked a question on Instagram stories about like kind of one of those ask me anything questions and the one thing that came up a couple of times from different listeners was what to do with strong-willed children. Now, I think to give this topic the attention it deserves, I probably need to do an entire episode on it, but for now, I thought I would share some highlights and initial thoughts from my experience as a mama and my background in education and counseling. So one thing that I think we tend to go to right away is like boundaries and clear expectations, right? That is just across the board. Whether your children are extra strong-willed or not, that's always a good place to start. A foundation of clear boundaries, clear expectations, and clear consequences. So if you haven't established those, it's never too late, but you know, I would encourage you to start there. And what helps you build this foundation is of course, love. Motive, your motivation is love, not fear of what others are going to think if your child acts out or insecurity as a mom or your own guilt or your own embarrassment. Like, oh no, my, what's going to happen if he throws a fit at the store? You know, I'm so embarrassed. I've been there, right? I've totally been there. But guilt and shame, as I said in episode 46, is no way to live your life. Like if that's the motivator, we're in trouble because <laughs> we won't be parenting from a place of confidence and forgiveness and grace. So the foundation again was the clear boundaries, expectations, and consequences. But what helps you build this foundation is a heart of love that you genuinely love your children and pour into them. And that's one thing I'm trying always to do a better job of. It's like, have I affirm them today? Have I really told them I love you and communicated with my tone of voice, with my actions, with my own attitude? There's times where it's so embarrassing to admit this, but 
where I'm like, wow, I just acted like my seven-year-old, kind of like me, 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 back and forth. <laughs> and I'm like, that did not help her. That did not communicate love. That did not communicate the clear consequence. You know, that was, that was silly. That was folly. So with strong-willed children, and you know, chances are you may have one strong-willed child, we're all kind of born with that tendency to rebel and go the wrong way, right? We're not born like just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Like that's just not human nature. It's not in our nature. We've got to learn and we've got to be taught and we've got to be corrected and guided. So don't ever feel bad that you are their counselor. You are their educator. You are their like psychologist in a sense. Like you can play all those like roles in the sense of like helping them grow, giving them good instruction. A lot of times in the Bible, when it talks about mothers, our role includes gentleness and teaching. Did you know that? I did this amazing study one time in Proverbs and it was like so, so good because the mom's role was that gentle instruction, correction, guidance, teaching. And so again, I would just say to cover everything in love and grace and don't feel bad when you do have to correct and have the consequence happen. You know what I mean? Because that's another kind of mistake I see all of us making from time to time is like, we've got this strong-willed child, we've set out the expectation They've earned that consequence, but we're like, oh no, I don't want to do it. They're going to think I don't like them or something like that. And I would just caution you against that kind of thinking because when you're trying to um, literally save someone and you have to grab them out of this bad situation, like, oh my goodness, come with me right now. If you were to rescue someone from a burning building, it's not like everyone would be like, wow, well, you kind of like came in a little bit strong. You know, I could have been fine myself. No, you might have died. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if my analogy is making any sense, but we would never say like, oh, that firefighter really shouldn't have used quite so much like authority as he went in to save the, you know, the family from the burning fire. No, you'd be like, good thing he did like assert his role of like, I'm here to save you. I'm here to protect you and get you out of this bad, bad scenario that's going to hurt you. So that's what I try to step back sometimes and think of if my strong-willed child or children, you know, are pushing the limits, pushing the limits. When I follow through with an appropriate consequence, and I show them that I love them through it all, that helps them so much and it helps communicate. I do care. I notice I don't want you to go down this path that's going to get you in, in trouble. I don't want to see you self-destruct here. So I would just encourage all those things. I, it's a little bit of a jumble with my advice right now, but just laying that foundation of clear expectations clear boundaries and clear consequences and then cover that all with love. And I would also add, just as I wrap this part up, make sure we are being positive and encouraging and building up our children with our words. Now, I say this cringing because I know I've got room to, to grow in this. I know. I know I do. But that is so powerful. When I was a teacher and all the counseling experience I've had over the years with kids, various ages, many of them were teenagers. But one of the main things is if you can really point out the positive things that they are doing well, they will rise to that level of like, oh, I feel loved. I feel appreciated. I feel I feel good about myself. This person loves me. This person cares for me. And you as the mama have a huge opportunity to feed into them and to pour into them. And it takes so much wisdom, discernment, creativity sometimes because each child is different. But if you've got a really challenging child, try to really focus on the strengths that you see emerging in them and the fire and the, <laughs> the zeal that is in them to like disobey is also the fire and the 
zeal that could make them an incredible leader, incredibly strong, courageous, full of integrity, fearless, strong in their faith. That's the kind of tenacity we need in this world to stand up for what is right and to and not back down and to be godly people. So if you see that, it's a it's a blessing. It might be a little bit blessing in disguise right now, but that is something that we can help shape. And as the moms, again, that gentle but firm loving hand of guidance and yes, sometimes discipline, but pouring into them speaking life over them, speaking, and then just praying for them, of course, like lifting them up constantly. (laughs) Whenever you're washing the dishes, whenever you're doing anything, just be thinking and praying for them. And that's what prayer is supposed to be, is that conversation with God all throughout the day, not just a set time, you know? So I hope, that was, again, that was kind of a jumble, but I hope that that begins to answer that question. I think it would be worth doing a whole episode on this. So stay tuned. I'm sure I will be diving deep into parenting issues like that in this next season of, of, of podcast episodes. Okay, one more segment for you. It's time for a Bungle moment. And if you have a moment like this to share, which is just a cute, funny, random thing with your kids, please go to sundayafternoonmoment.com and click on share a Bungle moment. And then you can just share the little story with me. And also, if you want to just send a direct message on Instagram or Facebook, that'd be great too. Mine is super short and simple, but it's just that our little boy, our little two-year-old says Lunka for uncle. So we've got several uncles in the family. I'll just make up a name here. So let's just say it's um, Bill, but it's not. But So he would be like, Lunka Bill, Lunka Bill. And he just would say Lunka, Lunka. And it cracks me up because uncle is so different sounding than that. But that's just what he can say right now. So he's learning how to talk more clearly and all that. But right now it's Lunka Bill and it's just awesome. He'll be like, visit Lunka Bill, Lunka Bill. And we spent some time with one of our uncles recently. It's like, that's all I could talk about later. (laughs) So cute. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, take a screenshot of you listening and then post it on your social media. And also tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. Come visit SundayAfternoonMama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook if you don't already. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friends.